0: You're listening to ReachMD XM160, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to NeuroFrontiers, produced in cooperation with the American Academy of Neurology. Your host is Dr. Anthony Alessi, Chief of Neurology at William W. Backus Hospital. One of the greatest challenges neurologists face is the treatment of epilepsy during pregnancy. Joining us to discuss the latest guidelines and practices is Dr. Cynthia Hardin, Professor of Neurology and Director of the Epilepsy Division at the University of Miami Miller School of Medicine. Welcome to Reach MD, Dr. Harden. Thank
1: you so much. I'm happy to be here.
0: Let's start the show by really defining for our audience what the safest medications are when treating a pregnant patient with epilepsy.
1: What we have found through our development of the practice parameters is that from the information available thus far, carbamazepine and Lamotrigine appear to be the safest so far. Keep in mind that for many of the newer anti-seizure medicines, we don't as yet have enough information to determine whether they are as safe as carbamazepine or lamotrigine, or more risky, such as valproic acid, which is a medicine for which we know there's a greater
0: risk. When we talk about the newer Anti-convulsant medications. We need to talk about some of the older ones as well. How about phenytoin? I mean, that was uh, it's used so commonly because of its IV preparation. Is it safe to use in a pregnant patient with epilepsy? It doesn't appear
1: to be amongst the safest. I believe that we found an increased risk or possibly an increased risk of cognitive abnormalities in association with intrauterine phenytoin exposure. And as far as structural congenital abnormalities, it doesn't appear to have that high of a risk, but probably there's more evidence that carbamazepine is
0: safer. When A physician is examining a pregnant patient, sees them for the first time, finds out they have epilepsy. What are some of the red flags that let the physician know this is going to be a a complex process?
1: Well, first of all, we really feel much more comfortable when the woman who has epilepsy contemplating pregnancy is under good control, that is, seizure-free and not having seizures. So I think that's the first question to think about is, is the patient well controlled? We don't like to see women becoming pregnant, having frequent seizures, especially convulsions. So that's, I would say, the first-rate red flag. And assuming that the patient is doing well, the second thing to think about is which medication is she taking, and how many medications is she taking? As far as which medication, we have determined after vetting all the available literature that valproic acid has a greater risk for structural birth defects as well as for adverse intellectual effects as the child grows. So that's definitely a red flag. Our advice is that practitioners should try to not have the woman taking Depakote during pregnancy if possible. And then the third thing is that the practitioner should try to simplify the regimen. If the patient is taking more than one anti medicine, to really sit down and think about how the patient could possibly get to be safely controlled on one medicine rather than more than one. Then the other caveat is about folic acid. All women of childbearing potential should be taking folic acid supplements to decrease the risk of birth defects. And that's the same for women with epilepsy as well.
0: Harden, one of the clinical scenarios I guess we face here in private practices, you have a patient who's been very stable in the sense that not had any seizures for an extended period of time, been on one medication, becomes pregnant, comes in the office and says, doctor, I want to come off my medication. I don't want to take any chances with this child. How do you go forward with that patient, what situation would you withdraw them from that one medication, if there is a situation where you would?
1: Neurologists, like most doctors, tend to be very cautious and very conservative. And while the patient is pregnant, it's not usually a time when we would like to consider making a change that would put the patient at risk, you know, such as stopping medicine, tapering off the medicine, and then having her experience convulsions. So, I would say in general the time to consider coming off medicines is before she becomes pregnant. That conversation hopefully should take place well before pregnancy and and a trial of being off medicine to determine if she can be safe without seizures would be recommended. So while she's pregnant is not generally a time when neurologists would advise coming off medicine. What we can say from the guidelines is if she is on carbamazepine or lamotrigine, we can pretty much reassure her that the risk of birth defects related to the medicine is pretty low and there appears to be little risk of cognitive adverse effects as well. So if she's taking one of those two medicines, we can be reassuring just to say there is very little risk and you should stay on your medicine to remain safe. And I think in general, that's probably the outlook is not to stop medicine during pregnancy. You know, there are lots of risk factors that we look at when we determine whether or not someone can be safe off anti-seizure medicines, and these include the neurologic history. Is there a structural brain lesion? Was there a time when the patient was very poorly controlled? Did she have lots and lots of seizures before coming under good control? These are factors that would predict a relapse of seizures off medicine that would apply to the patient during pregnancy or not during pregnancy. So, you have to look at the big picture, but in general, we don't want people to come off their medicines during pregnancy and risk having a bout of seizures, which could put her and the baby at risk.
0: Absolutely. Now, continuing that, though, you mentioned possibly a trial before becoming pregnant. How long a trial would you consider safe of having someone off medication before they become pregnant off medication?
1: I would say six months. Many times if seizures are going to recur off Medications with the trial of
0: tapering the patient off medication, it occurs early. Well, You touched a little bit about the guidelines of the AAN, and can you tell our listeners how these evidence-based guidelines are developed, such as the ones the AAN put together with you? You know, as physicians,
1: we are subject to all kinds of influences in our thinking. You know, the last patient we saw influences how we're going to treat the next patient. A small series reported of something very shocking or unexpected, can influence the way we practice. So the AAN guidelines process tries to really look at the entire body of literature on a certain topic and then analyzes each paper according to its quality and generalizability. So a small series from one person's practice and what happened to those pregnant women with epilepsy would probably not be a high level of evidence that we could use to decide how to dictate practice. We really tried to base our guidelines on very high-quality evidence, such as a population-based study with lots of women you know, to make it generalizable so that you could say, okay, this is what I can expect in the patients I treat because it's very high-quality information using a large number of patients, not a small series, not a specific type of patient that you may not see in your practice. So the AAN guidelines process tries to base their recommendations on how to practice neurology on Uh, very strong scientific evidence, and they're very critical. I mean, in this process, most of the papers looked at are tossed out because they're not good enough. So, the guidelines tend to be based on very well-performed large scientific studies so that we can say, yes, this is close to the truth. This is as good as we can get as far as predicting what the best thing is to do for our patients. And it's a long, rigorous process done with lots of input from People of different disciplines, you know, different types of practices, pediatric, adults, and then we can have the input of biostatisticians and general practitioners too to get just, you know, their outlook on really what's important. So it's a rigorous process. I think that it's often useful, and there can be limitations too. Like we find out there's not enough information about the newer antiseizure medicines, for example. We find out through this process what the real gaps in our knowledge are as well and help to identify what needs to be done in the future scientifically.
0: If you're just joining us and tuning in, you're listening to NeuroFrontiers on ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Anthony Alessi, and joining us to discuss the treatment of epilepsy during pregnancy is Dr. Cynthia Hardin. Dr. Hardin, half a million women in the United States suffer from epilepsy and are of childbearing age. This is a huge issue for neurologists. What are the main points that came out of the process of putting together guidelines through the American Academy of Neurology for treatment of these women?
1: Some of the main points that emerged are actually very reassuring. Women and practitioners are often worried about what's going to happen to the seizure syndrome during pregnancy. Will the seizures get worse just because... The patient is pregnant. And one thing we found out was that, no, if the woman is seizure-free for nine months to to a year, overwhelmingly likely she's going to remain seizure-free during the pregnancy. So that was very reassuring. That's always a question that's on the minds of the patient, I think, and the doctor. And then we actually found out that a couple of the anti-seizure medicines are fairly safe, such as carbamazepine and lamotrigine. And we were able to also isolate one of the anti medicines that's used commonly around the world, that's Depakote, as being one of the major culprits in increasing the risk of birth defects. So we were able to recommend that if Depakote is avoided, we can probably overall reduce this risk. And then we also found that some of the obstetrical risks that are Often discussed are really not there, like there we found that there's not necessarily a higher incidence of the need to have a c section in this population, not necessarily a higher incidence of a of a risk of free term labor and delivery. so many of the things we found were reassuring and kind of went against the current myth and dogma, so I think it was a good process, both in a reassuring way and also providing some well-founded cautions for how to manage women during
0: pregnancy. What would we want to communicate to our patients in terms of exerting some caution for women with epilepsy who want to become pregnant?
1: Well, I think the number one thing is try to become seizure-free, try to obtain and sustain seizure freedom without taking Depakote, either as a single agent or in combination with other agents, because... We really found that that seems to be the culprit in
0: increasing the risk of birth defects.
1: So that's probably the number one finding for doctors and patients.
0: Well, for practicing physicians who are are dealing with young women with epilepsy, what other day-to-day management tools would you want to really communicate to them, specifically frequency of getting blood levels if they're on a medication that needs a blood level or some of the more practical things that our listeners are going to want to know?
1: Well, one practical point is have a discussion with the physician prior to pregnancy to make make sure that the medication um, regimen is simplified and hopefully does not include depakote or valproic acid and that the patient is taking folic acid supplementation and then during pregnancy the levels should be monitored regularly we recommend levels of anti seizure medicines approximately monthly and they may need to be done more frequently in some cases when the mother is taking lamotrigine because the levels can decline quickly and dramatically, and so this needs to be followed so that the level can be maintained in a the therapeutic range. The medicine carbamazepine, however, can often be very stable during pregnancy and, and it can be followed even less frequently. So there's, those are just some simple practical things that the patient and the doctor should be in on to have the best outcome in a safe pregnancy.
0: Dr. Harden, if there were one take-home message you'd like to get across to young women who have epilepsy and are considering becoming pregnant, what would that message be that you'd want to get out there?
1: I think based on my experience, the, the number one message would be not to categorically write off the idea of getting pregnant and having a baby. It's very possible and very likely that women with epilepsy who take anti medicines can safely bear children and really participate in that, you know, joyous part of life. But they will need to try to get off of taking valproic acid, if possible, and try to simplify their drug regimen and work with their physicians um, on that point and also work to maintain obtain seizure freedom for the safest outcome to their pregnancy.
0: I would like to thank my guest, Dr. Cynthia Hardin, Professor of Neurology and Director of Epilepsy Division at the University of Miami Miller School of Medicine. Dr. Hardin, thank you for being our guest today on NeuroFrontiers.
1: Oh, thank you so much for the opportunity.
0: You've been listening to NeuroFrontiers on ReachMD XM160, the channel for medical professionals. NeuroFrontiers is produced in cooperation with the American Academy of Neurology, For more information about this or any other show, please visit ReachMD.com, which now features on-demand podcasts.